This has created equal declarations, conversations with some of the experts and insiders we talk with on the podcast. You know, it's hard to overstate the significance of the Motown record label and the vision of founder Barry Gordy in the 1960s. This was a black-founded, black-owned, and black-managed organization with black singers, black writers, and black musicians making art from the soul of black Americans. And it all appealed to both black and white America at a time when racial tension was building to an apex in this country. Motown expanded beyond Detroit and became lightning in a bottle, synonymous with a time and place in America. But none of it came without hard work. Not so long ago, I talked with a founding member of the Four Tops, Duke Fakir, about the momentum that Motown had and the drive of everybody who was involved. Here's our conversation. about when Motown uh, sort of comes onto the scene and becomes a big deal. You guys are already a group uh, performing and, and, and writing and, and, and doing songs. What, what changed about that when, when Motown came? What, what, did, uh, what was Barry Gordy's effect on that local music scene? Did everybody just want to be part of it or were people well, skeptical of it? For one thing, being, being a, a black record owner, and, and starting to be successful was a big thing because there were, at that time in Detroit, a couple of black record companies that weren't doing well and they weren't treating the artists well uh-huh. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him to come along with his vision and start escalating, you know, from leasing records to, you know, leasing records to distributors, uh, then having his whole full operation uh, it, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, his vision was as clear as day to him. You know, to us, we were just having fun watching all the all this growth. I mean, every week seemed like somebody else had hit the jackpot, so to speak. You know, uh-huh. and you could be like, we could all be sitting in the lobby. We'd be talking about what we'd like to do if we get a hit record. I remember sitting there talking with the tops. I mean, with Temps and Supreme, we was all begging to get a hit. Blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, boom, Supreme started hitting, and they started hitting so fast it made your head swim. Sure. You know, they had two number one records before you could turn your head. <laughs> and the Temps come along, they could, then they had theirs almost the same year. And that same year, we had our first one, Baby, I Need You Loving. Uh, and it's just amazing feeling. And it was just so great to see, you know, all these young, we all, the young kids, even though we were like seven to eight to ten years older than everybody. Yeah. And still are. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That doesn't change over time, right? <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, it was just amazing. And so so much love there and so much caring. I mean, we were having so much fun, but Barry was having taking care of so much business. He was constantly trying to move up the ladder, spread his wings, and, and to make us better. You know, he formed what they call artist development, something that no record company was doing. Now, whatever type of artist you were, you could go across the street to artist development. You could get your kind of choreography, you could get, if you didn't know how to dress, you'd get your kind of dressing. If you didn't know which songs to put in your show, they had somebody that could line their show up that fit you. Uh, whatever kind of arrangements you needed, you could get that there. You could get everything. You even learned how to speak in public. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, he really Maxine was Maxine Powell was teaching the women how to be ladies and yeah. how to eat correctly <laughs> and talk correctly and all of that. I mean, he was really about packaging all of it. Yeah, so that, I mean, he, uh, he wasn't just selling records. He was trying to build stars. Right. 
he actually had this vision of making people stars. And and it takes more than just selling a record to do that, you know, especially then. Uh, and it, it was just it was just wonderful, man, because people started buying records from all over the world. You know, Motown was like the word almost. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I remember one year they made a poll, of, a global poll of what are the three most popular words in um, in music or something like They said, uh, oh, in entertainment, they said Playboy, B.B. King, and Motown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was it. It was That's something like that. a great company to be in, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and it, was so, it was just absolutely great. And we were very fortunate because we had a lot of great training even before we got to Motown. So we were ready for whatever came because we had been, we had worked supper clubs, we had worked places with sawdust, we had you know we did the whole gamut, uh, and was happy about all of it because it was what we wanted to do. Sure, sure, and enjoyed it, and still do. Right, yeah. right. Forty years, right? Forty. Hold it, sixty-one years. Sixty-one years. That's I've been right. singing. <laughs> that's right. Wow, so that that's makes amazing. me sixty-two. Yeah, right? right. Of course. Okay. Of course. Let's talk about the four tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure everybody knows where the group comes from or how far back it goes, and it goes back. Before Motown, oh yeah, uh, to when you were a student at Pershing High School. Correct? Okay, it it started right. Uh, actually, it started right out of uh, out of Pershing High School. Um, I was graduating in 1954 in January. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Levi Stubbs and I had become very good friends, so he kind of moved in with me that last year of school. Uh-huh. As we was about to graduate, there's a club called the Scheherazade, a girls' club. And the criteria, you had to be, it was kind of bourgeois. You, know? was, you had to be fine. Right, so speak, you know? to get in, right? Yeah. And they knew Levi and I would sing, so they invited us to the party, said, maybe y'all give us a song. Well, we thought differently. We thought we'd add two more guys and give them a group. Okay. And why we did that, we knew Ronaldo Obi Bisson was a nice singer. Uh, we knew him from the North End, from playing ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence Payton was a great singer. Uh, and same with him. We used to go by his house and listen to his family play music, guitar music. They'd play gospels, um, the songs of the day. They were just great singers. So we asked them would they want to come to the party, uh, being it was fine girls. Of course, we knew <laughs> what the answer was going to be. Well, they're not yeah. going to say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we we got there, and in the middle of the party, the lady asked, hey, Levi, yo, you want to sing? You got something to do? He said, uh, yeah. He says, I got a group. This time, so we told Levi, "You just go ahead and sing uh, a song, and we'll pick the background." So I told Lawrence, "I said, Lawrence, I'm a top tenor." He said, "Well, I'm a second tenor," and Obi said, "Well, I'm a baritone bass." I said, well, "Perfect, let's let him there sing, you go. and we're gone." <laughs> we sung the song, and and we sung it, and we sung it like we'd rehearsed it for like a week or so. Yeah, we look, kept looking at each other because the harmony was blended, and we were singing all the right notes. Gee, this is great. So right after that, we looked at each other and said, man, this sounds great. Why don't we form a group? What do you remember from being a kid in Detroit during that time, the 40s and 50s? You grew up in the North End I grew up in the North End. Well, you know, the North End was, it was the North North End. I mean, everybody was, mostly their parents worked in the factories. Um, To me, and we were poor, but I had a loving I had a loving family. You know, I, I grew up with a, a wonderful, large family. I didn't realize that, how, you know, that we were really poor, but 
we had a great time it on the North it End. Didn't dawn on you, yeah, that it mattered, uh, right? I, and I, I loved every every minute of my youth, uh, even when I realized we were poor. <laughs> I mean, it still was just absolutely great. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many great stories I could tell you. And and music was a big part of of life in the city then too. Even and that's before Motown. Oh, absolutely, uh, became the, the 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 place. Every neighborhood had its group. I mean. People were singing then. Now they're rapping, you know. <laughs> right. But then they were singing, and yeah. and every neighborhood, every every almost every block, you know, there was a group getting together, or working out, trying to sing or or singing. Uh, and uh, we and were one of the you, fortunate ones. If you were a group uh, doing uh, doing that, where would you go sing on on the weekends? Well, was it well clubs? first of all, you, you if you were good enough, you would go to the amateur shows. They had amateur shows at the theaters in most neighborhoods. Okay. The biggest one in Detroit was at the Warfield Theater. So we went and, and we applied to the Warfield for the amateur hour, and we won. <laughs> and we won hands down. I mean, we were, we, we were actually good. And we knew we were good, right? too. I mean, because we were singing all kinds of songs that shocked the people because we didn't sing just the regular, what they call race music or whatever it was then, you know, uh, just straight out R&B. We sang all, all kinds of songs in the, in the four songs that we did. And people were just astonished. Well, we won. And after we won, the agent, an agent called Twas and Casablanca. This guy's name was Twas, <laughs> T-W-A-S. And he said, man, y'all got to sing enough, good enough. I can get y'all some bookings. And, you know, it's a long story, but he certainly did. He started getting us bookings, and that's when we started traveling. And the word started getting around about these four black guys that could sing all kind of music. Back then, people enjoyed all kind of music. I yeah. mean, they love the R&B and they soul music. But if you could sing like the for freshmen or, or something like that, because all that was all that kind of music was popular then. Uh, it was a whole different world, first of all. I mean, when you try to compare now with then, <laughs> you can't unless yeah. you were there. Right, right. You know, it, it's hard for me to describe how we how we got there. Was you know a lot of racial stuff, a lot of prejudice, and in different places, we just got around it most of the time. We knew it was coming. Uh, so we just kind of stayed away from that until we got down south. Sometimes you could you, you couldn't get away from it, right. of course. Sure, uh, uh, but we endured. And you guys, at some point, wanted to be a jazz group, right? Or yeah. Was that, was uh, that well, the early, uh, the early. Yeah, because that was we, we could sing jazz as good as, 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 as we could sing. You know, soul music. I mean, Levi could sing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he could be, he could have been a Ray Charles type guy. You know. <clears throat> But as a group, we could sing all kind of music, and we sang a lot of jazz. In fact, and in fact, when we first got to Motown, Barry Gordy asked us to do an album of that. Oh, he did. Yeah. Of, of and jazz. we did. We recorded maybe twenty-something songs, some with big bands, some with little jazz groups, uh, some live at the Greystone, and you know, the Greystone Ballroom was sure. popular then. Uh, and after we recorded it, he listened to it. And we all listened together. He said, this is very good. He said, but you know what? I don't think it's commercial enough right now. Uh, see, he always wanted that kind of music in his stable. Yeah. And that's why he asked us to come, really, because he knew we could sing that kind of music. Because he thought you guys could, could fill that out but, for so, him. Huh? So when he realized that maybe this is not the way to go, he says, look, there's three guys. Got an office right over in the next building. Yeah. yeah. Named Holland, Doge and Holland. He said, I'd like you to meet them. He said, I think they might be able to come up with some good music for you guys. Yeah, and it turned out that he was absolutely wow. right about that, wow. right? <laughs> but not only that, they were great friends. I yeah. mean, those guys, and we all were writing at that time, but 
you know, but when you when you get a Holland Dozier Holland writing the songs for you, you just I just drop I drop my pen. <laughs> let them you know, let, let them, them handle ahead. it. Uh, Duke, let's hmm. talk about Levi Stubbs uh, again. The, this this friend uh, that you had from such an, an an early age. How how powerful was the friendship uh, in in making the music work? Well, the friendship between the four of us was was just absolutely terrific. It, it was it was love. It was love all the way around. We loved singing with each other. We enjoyed being around each other. Um, we loved singing together on stage. We had so much fun together. We, because we felt like we had something special, you know. Um, at that time, we were young. We looked good, you know. And with the little money we did have, we bought nice clothes. We dressed really well. Uh, and, and that that has been one of our one of our main uh, yeah. ingredients is, yeah. is, is constantly to keep up that dress. It, it was a love affair. We it respected each other. We, everybody was good in their own right. To me, they were all stars, and we we all friends. Um, me and Mary of the Supremes were great friends. She, you know, we we talk to each other. She calls me when she has a business question. Uh, you know about agents and book different kind of bookings. Uh, whenever I see her, we have dinner together. You know, we we it's, it's love. When I see Smokey, it's to the golf course. Yeah. Bring them, <laughs> bring cash. I ain't taking no checks. <laughs> That's right. And I know money. they're good, but they ain't taking no checks or credit card. Bring cash. Thanks to Four Tops founding member Duke Fakir. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for listening. And your world around is coming.